Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to three different verses. Um, the first one is Psalm 68, verse 5, and then over to John 3.16, which you may not need to turn to. You may know that one. And then after that, we're going to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. So Psalm 68 and 5, John 3.16, and 1 John 4.16. Amen. It's good to see everybody. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers and some of you mothers. I'm pulling double duty. I know it's, well, I don't know what it's like personally, but I know what it's like to be raised. Anyways, we'll get into that later. But, um, yes. Good to see all of our fathers here. And some of our sons who are fathers. I was going to stop talking, but. Psalm 68.5 says, A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God and his holy Habitation. And over to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And 1 John 4, verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Let's all pray together one more time. Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you, God, for your love. God, I thank you for the love of a father. I pray in your name, Jesus. God, you would move the rest of this service. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would move on our hearts, God, and be that, that father to us, God. Show us that love, I pray in Jesus' name. God, let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated if you would like. I'm just going to talk a few minutes. Um, about the love of a father. So, um, as you know, if you've been to church a few times since we've been here, uh, I grew up um, without a father most of the time. Um, when uh, I was about three years old, he left us, and uh, he came back later on, in life, uh, he lived with my grandparents, and uh, we would go over once a week on the weekend on Saturday usually to um, hang out with him. Um, he would we would do some stuff, you know. He would take us skating, or we play basketball, or you know, rent a video game. All those fun things that people do with their fathers when they're little. Um, so we did that for a couple of years, and then when I was eleven. Uh, he he passed away, and so most of my life I never had that that father figure, um, and when I did have it, it was only you know once a week, which isn't. I mean it's it's good, it's better than nothing, but it's not, <laughs> you know it's not the same, right? And, and as a teenager, I you know got pretty angry about this, um, you know why. Why does this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? And I was pretty frustrated, and it was hard, hard for me to talk about it in my family. It's hard for us to talk about it still. Nobody really seems to want to talk about it. And, you know, but there was a lot of confusion 
um, when I was a teenager and a lot of questions and a lot of hurt. And I would see my friends um, that I went to church with. Their parents would pray with them at the altar, right? Their dad would come and pray with them. And I was like, man, I, just, I wish I had that. And it was just, you know, it would just, it would just bother me. And I'd hear them complain about their fathers. And I'm like, you know, just be quiet. You don't even know what you're talking about. At least you have one. Even if he's an idiot, he's still there, right? And it, I know when you're in that situation, sometimes you wish he wasn't there, but he is there. So anyways. That was just from my point of view, and it hurt me a lot, and I was, it was a mess. And so my, my brother and I, we grew up fatherless, and there was this void, right, that wasn't there. And some guys in the church tried to step up. There was one guy, Wayne. Um, he would take us to all the, the father-son things, and it was, it was nice, and it was good for him to do that. And it helped. It helped a little bit because we had that kind of person to look up to. And our youth pastors kind of filled that void for a bit. And there was somebody, you know, always trying to do it. But there's still something, something missing. And uh, I heard all my life, you know, people would say, God is, a, is our father. God will be your father. He'll fill that void. And I was like, you know what, just be quiet. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you hear stuff and you just you tune it out, right? After a while, especially when you're a teenager. I can't wait till my kids are teenagers. They don't even listen now. So it's going to be good times. But people would say, oh, God would be your father. And I was like, you know, I don't want that. Just leave me alone. That's not what I'm looking for. It's not the same thing. I, I like my, my pity party I was having. Sometimes, I don't know anyone else, but me, sometimes I like feeling bad for myself. It's just being honest. But <laughs> Anyways. I'm sure I'm the only one. But I've told you the story before and how, you know, I was really upset and um, I just got to this point where I snapped and I, I went and I prayed. You know, I went to my room and I prayed and I repented and it was, God, I'm tired of living like this and, you know, take this from me, take this pain, take this anger, take all this, this frustration from me and I want you to be my father. And I, I told him that and at that moment, I was 18, I allowed God into my life in that way. I'd always had sort of like a relationship with God, you know. You come to church, you, you pray, you worship, you, you do all this stuff. We have this, I don't know, people always talk about Jesus as your friend. So it's kind of like a friendship, right? And then, um, but I allowed God into my life as, as a father. So any problem I had that I would, you know, I wanted my father to be there. Any problem I had, you know, that I would... Think about, oh, I wish my dad was here. I could talk to him about this. Any problem like that, I would, I would go to God and I would pray. Or any advice, you know, people come to their father for advice. I would, I would go to God because I wanted him to be that, that father. And anything I wanted from my father, I would, go, I would go to Jesus. And I developed this relationship as a son to him. You know, I was frustrated. I would go to him and say, you know, I don't like the way things are working. Whatever, I would do this, what I wanted with my father, anyways, you know what I'm saying. And we developed, I developed this relationship with Jesus as a son and a father. And It's not anything that I haven't said from here before, but I got used to it, right? And I, I liked that relationship and, you know, I loved it. I grew, I grew and I started to learn more and I learned about the love of God from the view of a son, from the view of a child. And I learned that if I fell, you know, Jesus would pick me up. If I, if I sinned, he would, 
forgive me if I was hurt. He would help me if I was sick. He would, he would heal me if I, if I needed something. He would provide for me if I was confused. You know, everybody ever been confused? He would be that wisdom. You know, your father always knows. At least, I don't know, I pretend I know. I tell my kids I know everything. <laughs> and I just test them and then I'll just make something up. But as a father, <laughs> you know, if you're confused, you go to your father and he, even if he doesn't know, maybe he'll give you an answer anyway. You know, God would give me that, that wisdom. If I was, you know, lonely or upset about something, he would comfort me. If I was, you know, depressed, he would, he would love me. If I was just doing something stupid, he would teach me. This morning, I tried to teach my children how to use a knife. It was like, they were trying to cut the tops off their strawberries that Ron gave us. They were trying to cut the top off, and they had a butter knife, and they were just cutting right in the middle. I was like, you're wasting all the strawberries. Here's a parry knife. We'll do this together. And I tried to show them, and it didn't work, and Julie almost stabbed me in the face. It was a mess. But they were doing it wrong, and I was trying to teach them, and that's what, you know, that's what I learned with Jesus, and I would do things wrong. He would teach me how to do, to do it the right way, or, you know. Anyways, as, as a father. And I learned that, you know, Jesus would be my healer, my provider, my comfort, my strength, my love, um, wisdom, forgiveness, my second chance, my third chance, my 195th chance. He would be that for me. And I learned that no matter what I did, who I hurt, how far I went, how far I fell, no matter how many times I messed up, how addicted I got, how dark, depressed, how lost, Scared, sick, twisted, demented, awkward. How much I felt like I didn't fit in, no matter how many times I walked away, how many times I turned my back on him, how many times I needed rescuing, how often I made the wrong choice, went down the wrong path. No matter how many times I failed, I learned that he would always love me. And he would always come through. He would always rescue me. He would always heal me. He would always provide for me. He would always deliver for me. He would always restore me, renew me, change me, direct me, correct me, instruct me, and straighten me out. And I tell my kids, you know, whatever happens, come to us. You know, whatever happens in your life, if, you know, you, Annabelle broke my couch upstairs. Not the couch itself, but there was little risers. She tried to move the couch and broke the riser. And she didn't tell me about it. And I was like, I was, I was angry because she didn't tell me about it. I'm like, anytime anything happens, come to me. Yes. Tell me. I might get mad, but I'm more mad now. Yes. But anytime something happens, come to me. And I learned that no matter what happened, I could come <coughs> to Jesus. And he would take care of me. He would yes. do whatever I needed. He would step in. Yeah. And, you know, Annabelle needed forgiveness. And I, I forgave her. I learned that. And... Like the prodigal son, I took, took my inheritance and his grace, his mercy, forgiveness, salvation. And that was my inheritance. And no matter how many times I took that and, and wasted it or threw it away or just did something dumb, he still loved me. Amen. Every time I walked away and came back, he was still there. And he always met me with open arms. Every time I did anything that needed forgiveness, he always forgave me. Every single time. Every time. It didn't matter what I did. And that's how Jesus is. That's how God rolls. That's what he does. And maybe you're in that spot this morning. Maybe you think, I can't come back. I wonder what people will think of me. I've gone too far. I'm too lost. I'm too sick. I've done too many things. I'm too damaged to come back. Come on. 
I know people, I've met people that their fathers were murderers and then they became preachers. Which is one of my friends, um, Church Jerome in the Philippines is the assistant pastor and the connections with these guys that were like killers and thugs and stuff and now they're preachers. Like they actually, it's not just wannabes, they were like for real. And now they're preachers. There's nobody that's too far gone. There's nobody that's too... I know people that were um, adulterers, and addicts, people that are bitter, people that are gossipers, atheists, people who have cursed God that are now saved. There's nobody's too far gone. You've never done anything that's too much for God to restore you, to God to bring you back. You know, my kids can do anything, but if they come back, I'll be there. Because that's the job of a father. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does for us. The only thing that stops us from being restored is us deciding that we want to. The only thing that could have stopped the prodigal son from being restored, you know, he went and he took his inheritance, he he wasted it, and he was living with pigs, literally. And we have some people here that live with pigs, but he was literally living with the pigs. (laughs) In the pigsty. Feeding the pigs. He didn't just have them. He was living with them. And (laughs) the only thing that would have stopped him from being restored is if he stayed in that pen. You know, the electric fence around it. It was shocking. But he got out of that and came home. That's the only only thing that would have held him back was him staying there. It was up to him. So if that's you, turn to Jesus. Come back to him. He will restore you every time. As a father, that's what he does. And I learned this growing up as I developed this relationship. You know, I did a lot of dumb things. I'm sure nobody else ever has. But (laughs) I was preaching to myself. I'm the only one that's ever done anything dumb. But I've done all these things. And I would, every time I would come back, I'd come to the altar. And we had that sort of atmosphere at our church that, you know, just come and pray and everything. I'd be fine. If I knew I would just get the church, I'd be fine. And every time I came back, he restored me. Every time you try to come back to Jesus, he will restore you. And that's what he does. And I learned that relationship. You know, I got used to, to being the son. I learned that role of a son. And then I got married and grew up a little bit. Just a little Oh man, <laughs> Annabelle has this thing that she made at school. It's like, what does your father like to do? Play hockey on TV. I don't even do that. <laughs> but in her head, all I do is play Nintendo, which I don't even do. I haven't even done in like months. <laughs> Since we moved here, basically, I'm too busy. But <laughs> anyways, I have to grow up a little more. But I grew up a little, and then Annabelle was, was born. And then Julia was born. And then Lucy was born. And that's it. (laughs) And I started to understand a little more. I I was no longer just a son. I had become a father. And I started to see things as a father. I started to understand things as a father. You know, until now I've just been a son. And I knew that if I did this... This would happen. I didn't understand it, but I knew that if I, 
you know, if I sinned, if I made a mistake, God would forgive me. I just, I just learned that as a son. But now I started seeing things as a father and understanding the love of a father a little more from a different point of view. I started to get it. And there's just something about being a father. I know we don't express it as well as we should. A lot of times I'm yelling at my children because they don't listen. I don't know why. I'm sure it's only my kids. Pray for my children. But, I know we don't always express it, but you love your kids. Yes. You know, something happens, you know. You change. I remember when Annabelle was born, she, her head was deformed, I swear. It was like a triangle. I was like, oh, you poor, ugly little child. That's what I thought. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. Just being transparent, as they say. The poor child. <laughs> They're gonna call you all kinds of names. But I love you. You're mine. Yeah. And then within an hour, her head was normal shape. <laughs> but that was my first thoughts. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, no matter what, this is my kid. No matter what, people are gonna call her names and say she has a conan. I don't know, but this is my child. And I'm gonna love her no matter what. Something happens, you change, you become more emotional, which is hard for me because I, you know, I'm just, I'm a wreck. Just an emotional wreck all the time, I cry. If you watch any movie with me, I'll cry no matter what. It could be like The Lion King, doesn't even matter. I'm bawling. It's a mess. That's why I don't go over to people's houses. Just cry. And now, there's so much estrogen in the house. <laughs> I'm just another one of the criers. It's good. Maybe that's why we had girls. I don't know. Um, but you change. Something happens. You become more emotional. Maybe some of us won't admit it, but you do. And you, you notice these different things. And this love comes from nowhere. You don't even understand it. Because up until now, you're just, oh, I'm a man. I'm a top. And then you have this, this baby. And you can take the most manly, rugged man. But when he holds a baby, there's something different. Just gentle. My brother, he's a big guy. And the first time he held a Hannibal, I was like, oh. He was just like, oh. <laughs> it was amazing. And this love comes from nowhere. And I don't know, I didn't have much to base, you know, this father thing off of. I just kind of making it up as I go. Trying to <laughs> just freestyle it. But you have all this love that comes from somewhere. You know, you can see these, these kids that don't have a father, you just want to, oh, want to help them and just adopt them all. But, you know, you work at McDonald's, you don't have enough money. And it takes more space, and you can't afford it. And sometimes I would see these other dads out with their daughters and, you know, go on these dates, but they're on their phone the whole time. And I'm like, what are you doing? Crazy. Don't do that. Because they need your attention. We, I haven't gone as much since... I've been here, but we used to take our kids on dates. We'd go to the bookstore and Toys R Us. That was like our thing. And they always wanted to go because I thought they were gonna get toys. But we used to go out on these little dates. Anyways, I don't know what I'm talking about. But we get all this, this love just comes. And as a father, this love comes out of nowhere. You don't expect it. You know, you, you have these thoughts in your head of what you're going to be like, and then the baby's born, and it's like, you don't even know. I, I thought I was going to be this cool dad. 
I'm not cool at all. Just whatever. But I started to see this. This love. It doesn't make any sense. Right? This little girl can come to you and you're like, oh, whatever you want. It doesn't make any sense. But as a father, we try to, we try to teach our children. And I, I learned that God would teach me things. I would make mistakes and he would teach me. And as a father, that's what you do. You try to teach your kids because you want them to be better. You don't, you know, sometimes you're trying to tell them something and you're like, listen. They're like, oh, they're all upset and crying and screaming at you. And you're like, I don't want you to grow up to be an idiot. <laughs> I need you to learn how to do this. I need you to stop acting like this because you're not going to get very far in life if you keep acting like this. And that's what God does with us sometimes. Like, I need you to get this. I need you to learn this. This is what you need to do. Because, but, and sometimes, sometimes it can be frustrating. I don't know about you guys, but it can be frustrating trying to teach your, your kids stuff. Um, sometimes you just want to quit. But I remember when Annabelle was a baby, maybe not a baby, like two or three, she could talk. Um, I was in her room trying to get her to go to sleep. And she wouldn't listen. She wouldn't go to sleep. She's just jumping on her bed. I'm like, what are you doing? Go to sleep. And I'm reading her stories. You know, all these things that we would do, trying to get her to go to sleep. And then she just sat up and looked at me and was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, I'm done. <laughs> just left. It's like, that's it. I'm done. But sometimes... They could be frustrated. Like you're trying to get them to do things, you're trying to teach them, and they don't listen, right? I don't know, nobody else's kids, but, you know, Lucy will not go to bed. She has to come out like 17 times every night. Like, go to bed, Like, it's frustrating, trying to teach them things. And I'm sure it's only gonna get easier. <laughs> you know, when I let them borrow the car and they hit something. Park it upside down. Yeah, that could be a thing too. First time I borrowed my mother's van, I hit another car in a parking lot and took off. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. The cops found me, scared the life out of me. She never, she was still to this day won't let me drive her van. <laughs> but it can be frustrating. And sometimes we get angry, you know, with our children. And sometimes we wonder what it would have been like. We never had kids. Sometimes I'm like, why do we have so many? Why don't we just stop at one? Why do we have any? But that's okay. Because even God repented of making people once. <laughs> and Noah. So God was like, why did I even make these people? So if you feel frustrated, it's okay. Because God feels that way too sometimes. <laughs> but no matter what happens, no matter how frustrated you get with your children, no matter how mad you get with your children, no matter how many vehicles they hit with your car, no matter how much they won't go to sleep, no matter how many times you're fighting, whatever, you always love them. No matter what. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. There's sometimes it, it bugs me some, so much that like, they can just be so frustrating. And you, like, I don't even hate you. I just, just, <coughs> oh, so frustrating. But 
You just love them. Because that's what a father does. Amen. A father loves no matter what. Yeah. There was one day we were taking the ferry to Digby. It was a mess. It was a rough day. It was like there was like a windstorm the day before and the ferry was canceled. So we went the next day, but the waves hadn't stopped. And you would like walk and the boat wouldn't be there and it was, or then it would be there and you're like, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. And um, I had been a bad father and I had given Annabelle chocolate milk before we went on the boat. And she recycled it all over me. And it wasn't pretty. It smelled good. It was terrible. So for the two hours, it was right at the beginning, so the two hours left of the boat ride, me and Annabelle sat together, covered in recycled milk. It wasn't pretty, it smelled good, we looked ridiculous. She was upset, I was holding her, and it was a mess. But I was her father. And even though this was a mess, even though it wasn't pretty, even though it's, oh, it was terrible, I loved her. No matter what anybody else thought of us, they could say, oh, look at these people, they're disgusting, they smell bad. Whatever. The prodigal son, he didn't smell good when he came home. Amen. No, he didn't. But I was her father, and I loved her, no matter what. Amen. No matter what anybody else thought. There was another time, there was accidents at school, we had to go get her. I'm like, just... Amen. It doesn't matter. Whatever's happening, it doesn't matter. I love you because you're my, my child. Right. Amen. And that's the way Jesus is. Right. Why do... Why do you try to provide for your family? Why do you, why do you try to lead your family as a, as a father? Why do you try to direct them? Why do you try to save them or protect them or help them or teach them? Because you love them. That's it. Pure and simple, love. You can't help it. It's just something you have to do. It's just something you, you need to do. And we all express it different ways. You know, you hear stories about those guys that are just, oh, never talked. My dad never said he was proud of me. You know, whatever. But he did all those things. He provided all those things for you because he loved you. Maybe he didn't know how to express it that way, but that's what he did. Um, it's just love, pure and simple. You can't help it. You have to. It's in you. Why did the... The prodigal father, the prodigal's father do all that for his son because he loved them. So why does Jesus want to heal us? Why does Jesus want to save us? Why does Jesus want to provide for us or restore us or teach us, clean us up, deliver us, comfort us, help us, direct us, and refresh us? Because he is our father. And that's what fathers should do because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. He loves us. No matter where we're at, he loves us. Whether, you know, you're clean or you're dirty, you're lost, you're saved, you're addicted, you're twisted, confused, hurt, wandering, whether you're a jerk or a sweetheart, whether you're awkward or cool or handsome or ugly or you have hair or you don't, 
whether you're old or young or you're sick, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, no matter where you're at, He loves us because He is our Father. And I always, I always knew that, but I didn't re- understand it until I became a father. No matter what happens with my children, I love them because I am their father. It's in Jesus. It's in God to love us because He is our Father. And I realize you know, Father's Day is not the easiest day for some people. It wasn't easy for me for a long time. It doesn't always bring good thoughts. And I realize there are a lot of lousy fathers who, who leave. I realize that you know, sometimes things don't work out the way you think they should or you, you want them to. I realize that happens. But there's one father who will never leave us. There's one Father who will never forsake us. There's Amen. one Father who is faithful forever. Amen. And His name is Jesus. So try, try Him. This Father's Day, let Jesus be your Father. I know some of us have lost our fathers. They've passed away. Some of us grew up without fathers. Some of us had them walking out. Some of us you know, maybe didn't have that healthy relationship that that we want with our Father. Well, there's one Father who will never abandon us. There's one Father that's always going to be there Amen. for us. Amen. Jesus. Try Him. Come to Him. If you're, if you're sick, if you're addicted, if you're lost, if you're hurt, if you're confused, you're happy, you're sad, whatever you are, come to Him. Whatever you need, come to Him. He will be what you need. He will, he will meet you. He will make you part of His family. Amen. The Bible says, we read at the beginning, Psalm 68 and 5, it says that he is a, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows. That's what God is in his holy habitation. And if you go back to um, the Hebrew, sometimes I would do this, but if you go back to the Hebrew, the word fatherless um, literally means lonely. Is it a father of the lonely, a judge, a judge is the one that you know protects and takes care of, and makes sure everything's okay for the widows. Is God in His holy habitation? And not all of us are fatherless. Not all of us, you know, that's not a thing for everybody. But God wants to be that father to you if you're lonely, if you're hurting, if you're if you're feel lost or whatever. It's not just for people that don't have a father. It's for anybody that is lonely, anybody that needs that strength. The father generally is supposed to bring strength and protection. And there are times, you know, when we can feel lonely and feel like nobody else is there, nobody else understands. But he is there. He is that strength that we need. He is that protection that we need because he loves us. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, He loves us. Amen. Let's all stand. I know I told a lot of personal stories. Maybe I talk longer than I normally do. But, it's Father's Day. We're here to celebrate fathers. But also, celebrate our Father. Jesus. It's a matter of I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. I don't know how everybody feels. 
And we can all take some time and pray. And just let God be our Father. If you're lonely, if you're hurting, if you if you made mistakes, if you messed up, whatever you're wherever you're at, if you, even if you're everything's fine, let Him be your Father. Take some, take, we're gonna take a moment and pray and just say, God, I want you to be my Father. I want you to be that strength for me, to teach me, to to be there for me, to protect me, to provide for me, to do all those things that, you know, I wish my father was there to do, or even if your father is here, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Amen. We're going to open the altar if you want to come and pray. Please do. Amen. Sing a song.